Hey guys, I want to go ahead and just start this by prefacing. And honestly, I feel like a broken record because I feel like I say this every time I do any podcast, but I actually had COVID not too long ago. So I actually got a COVID pneumonia from it and I'm still reeling from those effects. I'm still, so if you hear me in this podcast sound like I'm struggling to breathe, having trouble catching my breath, you know, getting real short of breath, kind of just stopping to take a moment to regain composure. It's because I am. I My lungs have still not recovered and I'm still fighting through the after effects of pneumonia. So please bear with me. I promise hopefully one day in the future, my sinuses and or illnesses will no longer be an issue when I do these podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to the 2021 post-draft recap and the way too fucking early power rankings. Going to try to make this a quick one, guys. Last one I did was well over an hour, and to be honest with you, by the time I was done with it, I could barely talk and the people were probably tired of listening to me. So just want to kind of recap a little bit of last year, touch on some of the stuff that happened during the draft, as well as talk about what's going on this year. Before I get into too much, just want to kind of go ahead and get some stuff out of the way. First off, Great year, guys. 2021 marks the second year this league's been together, have all the original members. That's huge for Dynasty, those who don't know. Dynasty leagues typically don't keep the same owners year in, year out, especially after the first year. You usually do have an attrition of at least one team. So it is pretty impressive when you can actually see the same members coming back. But on top of that, this league was pretty active throughout the year. Um, a lot of managers were engaged, a lot of owners making moves. There were a lot of trades, some trash talking. I didn't know what to expect, considering I only played with a handful of you prior to this league. But I will say, guys, I was very impressed with the showing I saw. That being said, I'd love to kind of ramp up that energy, get that participation level to the next step. So whatever I can do on my end, guys, please let me know. Whatever it is that makes y'all enjoy fantasy more, I am all for it. If it means... Up in the ante on the jelly beans at the end of the year, so be it. If you want to see more power rankings, some additional podcasts of the season, so be it. Let me do it. Now, that being said, guys, I typically, I know I touched on it last year, I typically do some pretty in-depth power rankings and intended on doing podcasts for all the leagues last year. That's on me. At the end of the day, this this league isn't one. I'll go ahead and start with that, but I did have a lot of owners in a lot of the leagues that whether it was COVID-related, whether it was just a lot going on in their lives, kind of made me, kind of burnt me out on fantasy last year. We're very disheartening. I could not get anybody to participate or respond to anything. I'd put polls out there, ask questions to the league, you know, questions that were time-sensitive or that I wanted a response to just for the betterment of the league. And honestly, guys, I did not get a single response from all but maybe two. For me, that's really hard. I do all this in my spare time. I put a lot of additional effort into it without being asked or without any kind of expectations of, you know, compensation or praise, anything along those lines, guys. So it was kind of disheartening last year when it seemed like an uphill battle at all times with most of the leagues. So that being said, I'd love to go ahead and ramp that up again this year, at least get them out to the leagues that have earned them or the leagues that have participation. Additionally, it goes for um, trophies. 
Initially, every league is set up with the idea of having a champion trophy and a Blumpkin trophy, the winner of the Constellation Bracket. There are two leagues currently that have those trophies. These leagues also have the most active members out there, making trades in the offseason. Hell, I made a trade on the day after Valentine's Day and won, and then the other I made a trade on St. Patty's Day while I celebrate my heritage. These leagues don't shut down. These leagues stay active. These leagues are highly responsive. We've upped the ante in both these leagues. The league members vote on stuff they want changed. I'm not, I'm not saying this; it has to be done, guys, but that's the kind of stuff we look for, or I look for, whenever I'm looking to initiate these trophies, get them involved in the leagues, as well as have a lot of podcasts and or power rankings throughout the season. Some owners, it's just not their cup of tea. You know, I'm not here to judge or tell anybody how they should play fantasy. Fantasy is strictly a game of enjoyment. This should always, always take a backseat to family, faith, finances, your job, you know, hobbies, things along those lines, guys. It should always take a backseat. That being said, I do hope that we can find a way where it is a lot more entertaining for all involved. So, guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything you think that could improve this league in any way, shape, or form, always feel free to reach out to me. That's what I am here for, and that's what I look for. So without further ado, I want to jump right in and just go ahead and recap last year. Again, like I said, guys, last year was the first year of this league. A lot of you did not know what to expect with the Superflex PPR. Ended up being really good. Um, ended up changing. I mean, it didn't pan out the way I saw it at the beginning of the season, um, standing-wise, I will say. But we did have some players that I thought their teams did well in the draft, and they actually showed it. Um, congratulations to Fong being the initial champion. He was a buzzsaw, guys. Guy outscored the second highest score. He had uh, 2,303.78 points on the season. Second best was Eric Wustars with 2,097 and change. And third was yours truly with 2,062 and change. So he outpaced us by a minimum 200 points. That is huge in a league like this. Um, I tried to take my best shot at him in the title, and to be honest with you, I had no chance. Coming in with a 12-1 and one record, being the highest uh, scorer in the league, and winning in such dominant fashion is impressive. Now, we will talk about something he did during, or might have been pre-draft, came if it was pre-draft or right at the beginning of the draft, that may have changed the trajectory of where he'll stand this year, in my opinion, but um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Outside of that, let's just go ahead and go through the final standings. I'll go in reverse order, starting from 12th place. 12th place, we had Clay. Clay's team was 4-9. and nine. Had, more, had almost 200 points more scored against him than he was able to put up on his own. Um, that, and he also left with $200 in fab left. That was impressive. I think he might have been him and one other member, the only two that did not spend a single bit of fab all season long. Guys, the fab, that's what it's there for. It is not, it's not meant to save. You can't keep it, so... Coming in eleventh place, we had Trip, also at four and nine. Trip had the most points scored against him in the league, had two hundred and eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, two thousand one hundred and fourteen point nine four points scored against him. That is massive numbers. The next closest was about one hundred and fifty points behind him, I believe. So it was hard. It's not hard to understand why he ended up at four and nine. I do think he made a trade that will help bolster that team. Going into this season, his team actually looks pretty different, in my opinion, going into this year. So we'll touch on that in the, the pre-season power rankings coming up soon. 
Coming in at 10th, we have Derek also coming in at 4 and 9. Derek was a pretty balanced team. I think there was maybe a 10-point differential between points scored and points against. So a balanced team has a lot to work with. Just got to put it together. Coming in at 9, we had Eric, Mr. Jedi Batman. He had a 5-8 and eight record. One of those that definitely got more points scored on him than points for. And obviously, you can't come back from something like that in a league like this. I do think he's made some improvements this year, which we'll touch on. But finishing up in ninth place was Eric at 5-8. and eight. Also at 5-8, and eight, coming in at 8th place was Snyder. Snyder was a pretty balanced team, pretty close differential. I think it was like an 80-point differential between points scored and points against. Coming in at 7, our resident Bengal fan, Evan. Evan was 6-7. and seven. He actually scored about 35 more points than he had points scored against him. Just had some tough matchups throughout the season that kind of hindered his ability to progress and actually get to that next tier. Also finishing the season with a 6-7 and seven record and coming in in 6th place was Jack. Suit Supply actually had 150 more points or 160 more points scored against him than he was able to put up on the board, but still managed to pull out a 6-7 and seven record and finish in the top tier in that champion's bracket. That's pretty impressive. I have actually high hopes for this team moving forward as long as the, the, as long as the cards fall the right way. Coming in at fifth at 7-6 and six last year was my boy Aaron. Aaron was one of the most balanced teams in the league. I think it was like less than a four-point differential between points scored and against. Aaron had a run of bad luck there with some of his matchups. He'd go into some matchups as a heavy favorite and actually would end up losing them pretty tight. So I do think Aaron's team will take another step forward this year. I don't expect the same kind of record as we saw from it last year. Also finishing at 7-6 and six was our fourth-place team, Eric the Woo Stars. Eric, like I mentioned, was the second highest point scorer in the league. He also was the second highest points against in the league. So he definitely had a tough go of it when it came to scheduling. 7-6 is still nothing to be ashamed of. Came very close to finishing in the title match, but fell short in the semis. I do have high hopes for him this year as well. Coming in at third at an 8-5 and five record, Probably the most surprising team to me as the way the season played out. Nothing against the owner or the team. Just did not expect to see this team have as dominant of a run late as it did. But we had Adam, number two receiver, actually had a really balanced team. Looking back at it, I was mistaken. His, it was not Aaron that was most balanced. He actually has a .92 point differential between points scored and points against. That is about as even as it comes in a fantasy league of this size and style. I do think that the team played to its peak potential last year. Whether or not it will be able to maintain and progress this year is yet to be determined. I do like what I see on that team. Stafford going to a new team will help it drastically. Coming in at second and with a 10-3 and record is yours truly, the commish. Cursed Atlanta fan is right. I had a point differential of well over. 350 points in my favor, points scored against, points against. I was extremely lucky in a lot of my matchups, but my team was good enough to beat almost anybody any given week, except for when it really mattered, and that came down to the title against our number one, our champ, Fong, with a 12-1 and record, blistering the league with 2,300 and change points scored. That is astronomical. Now, without further ado, I'd really like to dive in 
to the draft. We're going to go ahead and kind of recap how the draft played out. <laughs> Those know the draft order was determined by your finishing, your how you finished in the championship bracket as well as the consolation bracket. Consolation bracket standings will change this year. If you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. But let's just go ahead and recap who's picking at which position. Then I'll go team by team, try to make it short and sweet and simple and to the point. Picking out of the first slot, we had Snyder. Second, our resident Bengal, Evan. Third, we have Derek. Fourth, Clay. Fifth, Jedi Batman. Sixth, we had Trip the Clown Commish. Seventh, we had Jack. Eighth, my boy Aaron. Ninth, we had the Woo Stars, Eric. Coming in in the 10th slot, we had Adam at 11, yours truly, the commish, and 12, the league champ, Fong. So we're going to go ahead and I'm just going to talk about briefly each team, what I liked, what I saw, <laughs> what kind of changes I may have made, and why. Um, guys, again, I am by no means a fantasy analyst. I am not a senior writer. I do not get paid for what I do. Everything I do is for fun and entertainment purposes only. So please take it all with a grain of salt. Don't take it personal if I say your team sucks. It's just my personal opinion. That being said, I've been playing this since the mid-90s. I've actually done quite well in my lifetime winning in fantasy. I make more money annually, except for two years, I believe, since I've been playing. I've made more money than I've spent, um, which is pretty good to say about something like fantasy, which is just purely entertainment and luck, to be honest with you. I mean, there is skill involved, but at the end of the day, there is a lot of luck. <laughs> so, Snyder... It was interesting, when I saw this kid get drafted in the NFL draft, I thought he was going to be the number one pick in just about every draft out there. Position is perfect for him. The Steelers only utilize one running back. They have four on the roster. They always give the workload to one. Before it was Bettis, then it was Bell, then it was Connor. Now it is uh, Najee Harris. Those who watched any college football, <laughs> any college football guys, you know this guy was a monster. This guy excelled at the highest level at the college level, played in the toughest league when it, or toughest conference when it comes to defense. He actually played against guys that are playing in the NFL currently or will be this year. What did he do with it? He was so explosive, it was crazy. He would leap over six foot three, 250 pound guys like they weren't there. The guy truly is a three-down back. He's big enough to bruise between the tackles. He can also catch out of the backfield. Only, only question mark for me is going to be that offensive line. Um, I do think he's a top 15 running back in redraft. So for dynasty purposes, it's amazing to get a guy like that in the first round, early first, even 101. Now, that being said, this is a super flex league. With quarterbacks on your team like Hurts, Tannehill, and Wentz, I was shocked you did not – actually go with Lawrence and or you know think of Fields I can't fault you for going Najee here you really could not go wrong with that one-on-one good pick outside of that I really liked what you did with Elijah Moore there in the third round I think he's going to be a, actually pretty good for the Jets the Jets are in shambles they just got a new quarterback kid looks like he's four years old was an explosive player I do think Elijah Moore has the ability to be that team's number one as early as the end of this year, at least moving forward. I think he's their number one. Um, they picked up Corey Davis. So Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Elijah Moore in that offense. All depends on how good that quarterback is going to be at the, at the pro level. He was semi-explosive at the college level, but kid looks like he's four years old, like I said. And to be honest with you, I'm afraid in that offense they're going to need a new coaching regime for him to actually excel. 
I, your second round pick, I love the talent. Bateman is one of the top four talent wise wide receivers in this draft. I think he went to the worst situation of any wide receiver in this draft. Baltimore's pick has drafted five wide receivers in the last two years. They have also picked up Sammy Watkins on that team. He's going to be the number five, six at best for targets, even with his skill set. Just don't like the position. Outside of that, I really like what you did with your eight, nine, and ten picks. Lamar Miller three years ago was a fantasy viable player. It's yet to be determined what he can do now. He's gotten a lot older. He's been injury plagued the last three seasons. He is going to Washington, who does need that one-two down back. Gibson is a three down back in their eyes, but I don't think his body can hold up for three downs for 16, 17 games. So Miller, I do think we'll have some run out there. I think ideally you're looking for 600 yards and a couple touchdowns. I love the pick in nine. Ninth round, you pick up um, you, you picked up Belage. Belage actually died in that pathetic offense there in Miami. They did not utilize him the way he should have been done or should have been utilized. We actually got to see signs of life out of him out there with the Chargers. I think this is a great pickup, actually handcuffing your first-round pick. Belage, if given the run, can step into that Najee Harris role. He is the handcuff, in my opinion. I do think, if anything, was to happen to Najee. Belage is a top 25 running back in that offense. Your 10th-round pick may be the best value pick <laughs> in this draft, to be honest with you. Ferkser picks up all the vacated targets left by Johnny Smith, as well as probably some of those left by Corey Davis, assuming they don't get Julio. Ferkser showed in brief stints what he can do. I think he had one game where he actually got nine targets. I want to say he caught eight of them for 112, 113 and change or something like that with a touchdown. That's pretty impressive. Now, to think about it, again, there's a lot of vacated targets there with Johnny Smith and Corey Davis leaving. I think picking up that tight end who could be a top 14 tight end in this league in the 10th round is gold. I give you a nice... Nice round of applause on this draft, to be honest with you, Snyder. I can't really say much more about it. Next, we move on to Evan. Evan, if you have, if I haven't told you, is the resident Bengal, and you can tell by his first pick. doesn't hurt that the Bengal in this draft is one of the most talented players in this draft. We didn't get to see a lot out of this kid in college last year as he opted out due to COVID reasons and getting in preparation for the NFL draft, but we did get to see enough of him and what he can do in 2019 alongside Justin Jefferson. Put it in context, Justin Jefferson was the best fantasy rookie last year. Actually had one of the best fantasy rookie years in the last 20 years, and Chase was a better wide receiver on his team in 2019 than Jefferson. So just think about that. Couldn't go wrong there. I, was, I mean, you obviously had quarterbacks you did not need to – you did not need to actually – uh, shift that way. You have Allen, Mayfield, Darnold, and Love. So going wide receiver here was not a bad option. You do have Henry and Mixon in your backfield. You do have a bunch of number twos on your team, so you do need that number one. This could be your number one. I also like what you did in the second round there. Canarius Tony, I think, is one of the better wide receivers in that second tier wide receivers in this draft. I got to see a lot of him in college. I love what he did for Florida, and I'm a Georgia boy. So it was kind of painful for me to say that. I picked up Tony everywhere I could in every other draft. I do think that's good value in the second round. After that, you did have some interesting picks, uh, picking up Captain America there in the fifth round, which I do believe is the wrong bangle to pick in this draft. I do think Puka Williams is going to be the compliment to Mixon, but again, Evans could be your handcuff to Mixon since you already have him on the team. I do like McKitty in the char at the Chargers. 
I know Cook's out there, but McKinney does look to be the beneficiary of the vacated targets from Hunter Henry out there. They are also in the talks for the landing spot for Julio. If that happens, you might as well just go ahead and forget McKinney. Julio will be that big body receiver on the outside, and they'll use Mike Williams more as a tight end. Um, outside of that, Stevenson and Brightwell, two guys that could be good flyers if all goes right, no TAs in the preseason. I do think both of them are buried on their respective depth charts. I think Brightwell, even though he has a lot of acclaim from analysts out there thinking that he is the heir apparent, if anything is to happen to Barkley. Um, the team loves Booker. They see Booker as a three-down back. I do think Booker is the backup. Brightwell would be more of that change of pace and Hail Mary, if anything was to happen, to Booker as well. Stevenson, they're New England. Obviously, they like Stevenson. They did not extend the fifth-year option to Michelle with the intent to let him go after his contract runs up. That being said, I think they see Stevenson as a one-two punch with Harris. Harris is a good running back. We have not seen him at his full potential with this team yet, but Stevenson is a big bruiser. I do think he's the closest thing that they'll have to that LeGarrette Blunt, which they miss. So I think that's why they picked him up. That's not a bad pick for you in three. <laughs> Overall, I think you did pretty well. Um, you did really good with your wide receiving core, Chase, Tooney, and Atwell. 2-2 Two -two is a little buried, but I do like the talent. Outside of that, you do have some high upside flyers, to be honest with you. I mean, ball goes well in a perfect world. Stevenson could be a viable running back in New England. And you handcuffed your boy Mixon with Evans, Mr. Captain America himself. Overall, not a bad draft for you. I would not say it's the best draft, but you did pretty well picking out the two. At the three slot, we had Derek, the Dog Dynasty. Um, you just got a gift. I mean, honestly, a gift when Trevor Lawrence fell to you at the third pick in the first round in a super flex dynasty league. If you put this kid on your taxi and allow him two years to mature at the NFL level and perfect his game, bring him off that taxi with five years under his belt, under contract on your roster, you could have five years of peak Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck on your team. This kid is the most highly touted wide or quarterback since Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, and we saw what those two guys did at the pro level, and they did it early. Um, you only have Kyler and Bur uh, Burrow on your roster, so honestly having a third quarterback going into the season is not a bad idea. That being said, you don't necessarily need it. I mean, you do have Allen. Let me go ahead and rephrase that. Sorry, you do have some other guys, but I really don't consider uh, Allen there in Cincinnati a quarterback, so let's just not even mention him. Um, I loved what you did with the second-round pick. Sermon is the guy, I think, that is going to be the workhorse in San Francisco sooner rather than later. Mostert seems like he's 49 years old. He's been playing football for 14 years. The guy literally has been on every team in the NFL, I think. I think the only guy who's been on more teams than him is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That being said, Mostert is blistering fast. I'm not going to take that away from him. But age does catch up with you. Age is the only undefeated person out there or the only undefeated <laughs> entity in sports is age. And Mostert is hitting that age where his legs start slowing down. Typically, NFL running backs, they have to start relying more on their vision, their prowess, and their ability to take and absorb hits at this age. That's not Mostert's game. Mostert's game is downhill speed. So picking Sermon in the second round is probably a great idea, especially when you consider Wilson is now going to miss a bulk of the season with meniscus tear and surgery. So 
I picked Sermon everywhere I could get. I actually tried to trade up to get this pick, I believe, from you with the intent to pick Sermon here. Your next pick, I really like this kid as well. Marshall, I do believe, is going to be a star in Carolina. He did great things at LSU, and to be honest with you, I think Carolina moves on from Robbie Anderson, maybe at the trade deadline or if not at the end of the season. I think Marshall is that one-two punch with Moore. They got a new quarterback, and say what you want to about Sam Darnold as a Jet. Sam Darnold is a quarterback. We will see it this year. He's going to get the best out of his receivers. I can see Marshall being one of the top three wide receivers in this class at year's end by fantasy standards. Outside of that, you did go with some some good flyers, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of Powell. They're going to Kansas City. I got to see what that kid did a lot in Clemson. I thought that was an amazing pickup for that team at that spot in the draft. Hawkins in Atlanta could be a steal, considering Atlanta is running out with Cordell Patterson, Big O, and Mike Davis. That makes me want to fucking vomit, and I am a diehard Falcon fan. I don't have high hope for high hopes for Hawkins. Maybe when they trade Julio, they free up a little bit of cap to have the ability to go out and sign one of these vets to a minimum. That being said, it's not a very bad flyer for you in the fourth round. You probably could have got him two rounds later. Uh, Mariota is not a bad pickup for you there in the sixth round. And overall, I do think that those second round, that uh, second pick you had in the seventh round, the round tree, and your first pick in the second round, Jordan, are great picks. I think Jordan, if Watson is there in Houston, Jordan actually ends up being a viable tight end. Remember Owen Daniels for the Texans back in the day? Again, completely different situation. We're talking Schaub against Watson, potentially, maybe even Mills or uh, Tyrod. But I'm talking that style of player. I do think Jordan can be, like I said with Ferkser, I do think he can be that back end of a tight end one in this league. That's great value for somebody who I could see getting 67 targets as a rookie. Roundtree is my personal opinion, in my personal opinion, is the air. I, I, I hate saying air apparent. Let me go ahead and say, is the handcuff to Eckler. I don't think Eckler, and shit, I have Eckler. I don't think Eckler is a true three-down back in this league long-term. I think his body will take a beating. They cannot utilize him that way long-term. I do think Roundtree is a bruiser. I saw what he did at Missouri. I think when all said and done, this guy is going to be the number two behind Eckler. Say what you want about Justin Jackson, and I was always a big fan of him, or Jonathan uh, uh, Kelly. They do not have what it takes to excel at this level. They do not have what they They've been given the opportunity, and they've been uh, pedestrian at best, to be honest with you. I do like what you did with your draft, especially those first three picks. Um, I think you had one of the better drafts, to be honest with you, nuts to bolts, start to finish. I think when all said and done, and I'll promise I'll quit saying I think when this is over, but um, when all said and done, I can see you keeping six of these players on your roster, and that's not even considering Taxi Squad. I do think that there are probably four fantasy viable options on this roster this season. Good draft overall, D. I do expect good things for you this year. Next, we had Clay. Clay was another one of those beneficiaries of Chase and Harris going 1-2, or 2-1 if you want to say. Um, you got Fields fell to you there at the four slot. It's amazing value, in my opinion. Say what you want about Chicago being a graveyard for quarterbacks. When all said and done, this kid has what it takes 
to be that uh, dual threat quarterback. I see him somewhere of the ilk of a Russell Wilson and uh, peak Colin Kaepernick. He will fall somewhere in between those two, in my opinion. I don't think he has the ceiling Russell Wilson has, but I don't think he has a floor lower than uh, Kaepernick's. Great pick there. I don't I don't believe a single word that Chicago says that Andy Dalton's going to be their starter this year. He may be their starter for two weeks, and that is it. Your next pick, 10 years ago, I love this pick. This kid, I do think it, I mean, he's the second best tight end in the draft overall. Second best tight end in this fantasy draft that we had overall. I just think he's kind of in a, a weird situation. It's yet to be determined how much Big Ben's got left in the tank what his replacement will do, no matter who that replacement is. They also have three wide receivers who are really good out there and a brand-new toy at the running back position that they're going to utilize heavy and often. I do think this Fryermuth is going to be more of a pass blocker to begin with. I think he peaks out at maybe 40 targets this year, but I do think if they can find a way to utilize him in this game, he could be a great wide receiver. I could see him being a 800-yard, nine-touchdown kind of wide receiver with 70-plus catches a year. That's perfect storm. That all depends on what they do with Juju after this year and who's their quarterback. Not a bad pick in the second round, in my opinion. I might have deviated different ways. You have Goddard and Hooper on your roster, so you're really not hurting to put this kid in there immediately. Throw him in your taxi, let him sit for two years, see what he does. Your next pick is the second A-Rod there in Green Bay. He might be the A-Rod number one in Green Bay very soon. I think this kid's entire fantasy value hinges on what Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers stays. Amari Rodgers is the wide receiver two, in my opinion. I think he leapfrogs um, Lazard and becomes that number two behind Adams. I liked what I saw of the kid out of Clemson. He does have good ability. He is going to be utilized well if Rodgers is there. If Rodgers is not there, this guy is going to be of the ilk of Quentin Cephas out in Detroit last year. If you're asking who the fuck that is, that's all I got to say. Next, Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman. Oh, Tevin Coleman, I hate you so, so much. I put a lot of a lot of investment in this guy two years ago as well as last year with hopes that he could actually overcome some injuries and be what Atlanta hoped he was when we drafted him. Sad thing is he is never going to be either one, to be honest with you. Tevin Coleman... He could potentially be the RB1 there with the Jets. He has the physique of it. He has, you know, the prowess. The problem is he is he going to be on the field. I don't think his body can hold up to 17 games no matter what. Not a bad pick in the fourth round. And to be honest with you, who else was on the board? I'm, you really couldn't have gone wrong. I mean, there's really not a player after him in the running back position. I may have thought maybe Patterson or Herbert, maybe Roundtree. Um, so not a bad pick as a whole. Outside of that, I do like your pick, Seth Williams, there in the sixth round. Seth Williams, if the Packers trade for Aaron Rodgers, that's a big if. I know I'm putting a lot of hypotheticals out there. But if the Packers trade for Aaron, I mean, uh, if Denver trades for Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, they seemingly will have to give up Drew Locke, some picks, and probably a wide receiver. If that happens, Williams becomes a fantasy viable wide receiver three, wide receiver four this year. I do think he's got the size. I do think he has the ability. I do think if he's not the number one target, getting the double teams out on there in Denver, he will excel. He's 6'3", 210, 220, and change, something like that. 
I could see him with a good quarterback being a and don't I'm not saying the guy is this right now, but just listen to what I'm saying. I do think he could be Brandon Marshall esque long term. Um, it all depends if everything falls right for him. I do think he's in a good situation to see it pan out. Outside of that, I'm really not going to touch on the rest of the draft. I mean, Quadri Allison's probably the most valuable player after that, and I'm not a big fan of him here in Atlanta. Overall, I think you did really well with the draft. I think you picked some players that fell to you. Um, I think Fields is probably the only fantasy viable in this year. You need a perfect storm for a couple of those other guys to hit. I could see, honestly, you not having a single starter on this roster by year's end, with assuming Fields is still sitting behind Dalton in a bad in a bad year. But I also could see you having three, four fantasy studs in two, three years if all goes right on this roster. Next, we had picking out of the four slot, <laughs> Jedi Batman. Jedi Batman went with Babyface himself at QB with his fifth pick. Um, it's hard for me to determine what this kid's going to be at the pro level. It, it's hard to even look at him and expect him to be able to take a hit from a 300-pound guy. I mean, that kid looks like he's 12 years old, looks like he should actually be paying, playing bocce ball with his, you know, seersucker on up there in Maryland as opposed to playing football in New York. So I, I, I can't take much away from the kid's skill set. I, I thought he did some great things. I liked what he did at the pro, uh, pro day. He does have some weapons around him that are young. Is that team going to give him the opportunity to succeed? We'll see. I do think they're going to throw him to the Wolves at the beginning of the season. He's going to get eaten alive in that conference. You have a much improved Dolphins defense. You have all the Patriots coming back from opting out last year, their entire defense, as well as that very stout defense there in Buffalo. I think he's going to take a bruising. That could be good for fantasy, though, a lot of garbage time points. I am a big fan of this kid you picked in the third, uh, third round, Collins, in Houston. I think Collins could sneakily find himself as the wide receiver one <laughs> for Houston. Right now, it's obviously Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a sneeze away from having his 25th um, concussion, which is probably going to make him go to retirement home early. I don't think Cook will do anything unless Watson is there. Collins is the kind of body that a, a young quarterback like a Davis Mills will look to, or even a Tyrod Taylor will try to throw to. I think Collins could be viable for you this year, as early as this year. And if Watson plays, I actually do have high hopes for this kid being a top 40 wide receiver. After that, you have a bunch of question marks, um, good players, potential situations. Go, you know, Things go right for him in the future. I can see him panning out. You know, Newsom in Chicago, Williams, if anything was to happen to Montgomery in Chicago. You know, a lot of Chicago players there back-to-back. Um, Felipe Franks in Atlanta is an interesting one. I hated this kid in college. Obviously, so did the Gators. They let that kid go die out there in Arkansas. He's a giant. Um, I mean, it's him and McCarron backing up. Uh, Ryan, as of right now, there are talks of Ryan being traded. I don't think it happens. But if it was to happen, unless we got to keep the in return, God, it's going to be a scary sight having this kid under center. Overall, I do think you did pretty decent on the draft. You didn't have your second-round pick. You traded that away. I probably would say of the first five drafts, and I apologize in saying it, you probably had the worst of the first five drafts. It's just the top-end talent with Wilson. You had the worst of the five first five picks. Um, outside of that, you know, missing the second-round pick, it really did kind of hinder your team a little bit. 
looking at your roster too as well. Your team's really not that bad going into it. You need a lot from Daniel Jones. You could play Fitzpatrick this year and actually give Wilson a little bit of time to uh, mature. I like the combo of Kamara and Jacobs. We already talked about my opinion of Mostert. I do like your wide receivers of Lamb, Juju, Hollywood, Brown. Gage is now relevant once they trade Julio. Cooks, like I said, a sneeze away. Um, Sanders, it'll be interesting to see what he does in Buffalo. But you do have Kittle. That is a wide receiver for you there. I actually think this team can make the championship bracket this season. Next, picking out of the six lot, <laughs> Mr. Tripp, the clown commission himself. Tripp probably trades second most to me. I'm the most trade-happy person you'll find. Tripp is probably the second one. Um, that being said, he did trade his first-round pick, which was Jalen Waddell, to the champ for Aaron Rodgers. That might be the draft winner alone. Um, following, I understand why he did it, but let me just go ahead and say this. I don't care. I don't care. Where Aaron Rodgers ends up, Aaron Rodgers will be a top 10 quarterback. Guaranteed. If he goes to a new team, even better. <laughs> if he was to end up in, say, Denver or, God forbid, you know, out there in Vegas, this guy is a top 10 quarterback right now. He is pissed off. He is motivated. He had one of the best years ever last year. Everyone had written him off. That trade alone, I think, wins the draft for Trip. But I digress. I want to continue on this. So we'll, we'll touch more on that when we get the phone. Um, I do like what you did with your, your next three picks, to be honest with you. Um, Hubbard, I'm a huge fan of. Hubbard, two years ago, for me, would have been a top five, top seven pick in this draft. Hubbard, in the 2019 season out of Oklahoma State, I loved that kid. I mean, Trip's in a lot of leagues with me. I think I have Hubbard in every other league. I went out of my way to trade up to get Hubbard. Same goes with this kid behind him, Hill. <laughs> Everyone who watches SEC football got to see what this kid did for Mississippi State. He is by no means, you know, that upper echelon premier running back, but the kid has what it takes. The kid does have those intangibles that coaches look for. He does find himself in a good situation in Green Bay. They did lose um, Jamal Williams to free agency. Granted, there is the giant and A.J. Dillon there, but Hill can fit that role. He can play the big between the tackles running back if he needs to. He can also play that pass catcher out of the backfield. Five foot 11, 210 pounds. I think he's going to be the wider or the running back three easily there in Green Bay day one. I could see him being the backup to Jones if anything happens where Dillon is more the bruiser. Outside of that, <clears throat> Williams there in Kansas City, I don't know if he makes your roster, but not a bad pickup. I mean, obviously, any running back who's going to be able to play a little bit here and there in Kansas City has some value. I actually really do like the fifth-round pick in Njoku. Njoku, talent-wise, is one of my favorite tight ends who's never done anything. I don't know why. He is coming. <laughs> he's coming into this with, I don't know if he slept with the owner's wife, what, but they hate him out there. They genuinely hate this kid in Cleveland. I was hoping that we could have traded for him here in Atlanta before we had the chance to get pits. But, you know, I'm six foot four, 245 out of Miami. The kid's an athletic freak. Given the opportunity, I do think he can be a stud. I think the most targets he had in any one game at any time last year was three. If he was ever to get seven to eight targets, I do think he is a viable fantasy stud. Now, that being said, I don't think it happens just because they don't like him. They're paying Hooper a lot of money, and they got weapons out there. 
Personally, I do like the pick. I'm not even going to touch on your final three. I don't even think you made those picks yourself. I think they were all auto-drafts. Um, overall, and Fitzpatrick there is your second pick in the twelfth or the fourth round. I could do without, to be honest with you. Um, like the talent, just don't like the team. Overall, like I said, I think you won the draft off the sheer weight of what Aaron Rodgers brings to your team. Um, outside of that, you did have really good picks in your first two picks. Out um, past Jalen Waddle, let's go with the first two picks you still retain. So overall, pretty good. I do think Tripp makes a run this year. Again, I do think he has the ability to make a real run towards a title shot. I do think he would fall a little short because his second quarterback in the situation is really not the greatest at this moment. He is kind of relying on either CEH or Dobbins to truly take that next step this year. <laughs> overall, though, I do think he won the draft with the trade of Waddle, essentially, for Rodgers. Next in picking out the seventh slot is Jack. Jack went running back heavy kind of early. Um, looking back at his team, he does have currently on the roster going into this uh, Connor, Singletary, Hines, Howard, which is in Philly now, Hyde in Jacksonville now, Barber in Washington. So going running back heavy early was not a bad idea for Jack. Jack went with ETN, who it's hard for me to kind of put a value on him. I do think he – had star potential. I'm not necessarily – I wasn't excited about his landing spot. I understand what Urban Meyer is trying to do down there, trying to make that rookie quarterback, the franchise quarterback, feel comfortable. ETN does have an amazing skill set. The guy can be a three-down back. I do think he has the ability – and, guys, when I make comparisons, I'm not saying they're the same people, so don't freak out and say, that. oh, no way. He does have the ability to be of that ilk of an MJD to LT, you know, carry the workload – three down back, catch a lot of passes, be electric, make moves in the open field. kind of like the player as a whole. can't tell I watch a lot of Clemson football just because half my family are sellouts and gave up Georgia for Clemson. But, uh, again, I'm not sold on his position, the landing spot, but I really do love the talent. I do think it's a great pick there at the seven pick. You couldn't have gone wrong with him or the next pick that went after it. Uh, there was a lot of value that fell in this draft. I think this is one of the better ones falling to you at seven, especially for your team's needs. The very next pick as well, getting Carter, who could be the most electric back in the backfield for the Jets in the second round. You could either have two stud running backs in this draft in your first two picks, or you could have two guys that are in the lower end of a timeshare on their team. It's yet to be determined, but I really do like both picks as a whole. Next kid, Wallace, uh, going to Baltimore. I like the talent, very similar to Bateman. I despise the landing spot. I don't think it's good for him. I don't think it's good for sports. Baltimore is just a graveyard for wide receivers. They haven't had a good one. Fantasy-wise, I don't think, I mean, moments here and there with guys like Hollywood Brown and stuff, but since maybe Anquan Bolden. Um, Howard, like I said, back in Philly is a good pick there. Though it seems like Philadelphia has like 17 running backs at the current moment. I'm a fan of Herbert as well there in Chicago. Um, again, I do think Williams is the backup if anything was to happen to Montgomery. Herbert sneakily could be that backup to Montgomery if all goes well in OTAs and actually shows some sign of life in the preseason. I also kind of like your pick Sims there in Washington. Um, he had some moments where he looked like the true number two. Granted, they have brought in uh, Curtis Samuel this year, so they do have that nice one-two punch of McLaurin and Samuel. And they also drafted another kid, but 
I kind of do like Sims sneakily. So overall, I don't think you had an amazing draft. I think for what you needed, your team does have some glaring hole. Well, it may have a huge glaring hole at quarterback here pretty soon if Watson ends up spending 18 to 25 for him becomes a sexual predator. And if Tua gets injured and or Brady just falls apart at one point, but you did, you did, you did clarify a glaring hole in my opinion, which was in your backfield. Um, I do have you kind of finishing just outside the uh, outside of the playoffs, but we'll touch on that in a little bit. Next, picking out of the eighth slot, we have uh, Aaron. Aaron is a diehard Falcon fan, so him getting Pitts falling to him at eight was probably just a no-brainer for him. I actually tried to trade up to this pick with Aaron. I wanted Pitts myself, <laughs> but um, Pitts, especially if Julio leaves, will be a target hawk. He will have 100-plus targets in Atlanta. As a rookie, if Julio stays, he's still going to be a target hawk. We'll have 70 to 80 targets, in my opinion, in Atlanta. Kid is a freak of nature. He's probably the most talented skill position player outside of Jamar Chase in this draft. Amazing value falling to you there at the eighth pick in the first round. Overall, your team, your team did need a tight end. I had big, I had big hopes for Irv, um, Evan Ingram, who's never really thought come to fruition. Irv Smith is another guy who's got a lot of skill, who just never has really put it together. Your team as a whole is very solid. I actually thought you should be one of the top two as of last year. Um, you had some hiccups along the way that kind of hindered that ability to make the next step. I think this is going to take you strides towards a championship run. Whether or not you pull it off will be seen. Um, <laughs> Gainwell, uh, I'm laughing at something. We'll talk in a second. Gainwell, uh, I think, is the true three down, the third down back there in Philly. They obviously brought him in to be the cast pet, catch. Well, let me speak English here. They brought him in to be the pass catcher there in Philly. That's pretty much his prowess at college. Like I just said, though, with uh, Howard, Philly seems to have every running back in the league on their team currently. And they have Sanders, they have Scott, they have Gainwell, they brought in Keyshawn Johnson. Um, they also, that's a Keyshawn, carry on, Jesus, Keyshawn Johnson, holy shit. They brought in carry on Johnson and uh, Jordan Howard, they brought him back. So I think Gainwell is an explosive player. I do think he's a little buried on that death chart. I think he actually steps up in front of Boston Scott as it relates to that third down back as of right now. He doesn't necessarily have the potential to be a three down back, in my opinion, in this league. I do think he is more of a scat back, third down specialist. 5'9", 190 is not really small. I'm sorry, 5'11", 190 is really not that small. But he's more of an explosive pass, pass catcher. I think that's how he's going to be utilized. I could actually see them sliding him out as a receiver at times, especially if they get rid of they are going to need that other hand. They are going to need the other set of hands out there catching balls. What I was laughing at a little while ago is your third round pick. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. I got 25 kids himself. Philip Rivers getting drafted. That's fucking amazing, guys. Philip Rivers drafted in the third round after he retires. Mike drop if I've ever seen one right there, guys. Amazing pickup. I don't even got anything to say on it. I mean, you picked a borderline Hall of Famer in the third round. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, your next pick, Elijah Mitchell. I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, they didn't really spend a lot of draft capital on him. But for a team that does have a lot of running backs, for them to pick two in the draft tells you something about their running backs. Um, maybe Shanahan knew Wilson was injured. Maybe he also sees Mostert's light dimming a little bit. 
Yeah, to be determined. Um, Mitchell as a whole, uh, not a bad player. You know, I saw him a little bit at Louisiana Lafayette. Pretty good running back. Um, will he be the number one there? No, I think he's still way behind Sermon. But he does have ability to make some run. And we, what we've seen is anybody who gets on the field in Shanahan's offense will score. Not a bad pickup. Um, outside of that, the rest of your draft, I really don't want to touch on too much, to be honest with you. I know you're quite busy. We, t- we kind of joked about it last time we hung out. But uh, quite busy during the draft. So you didn't really get to make a lot of the picks you wanted to. Um, you did really well with your first two picks. So I will give you that. I love the value in both these guys. I do think they both can be studs as early as this year. Um, Gainwell's probably about two years out from actually hitting peak potential. Kyle Pitts could be the next Kittle, Kelsey, with a lot more speed. I mean, Kittle and Kelsey with Waller's athletic ability. So that's a scary combo. Coming in, drafting in the ninth slot was Wustars, Mr. Ward. Okay, um, Ward went out and... Drafted Devonta Smith, the Heisman winner himself to Philly. Uh, Devonta walks in as the number one wide receiver in Philly. They just talk right now of Rager being in the slot a lot more, which means Smith is going to stretch the field. That's a scary one-two combo for any secondary to have to face. I mean, they haven't proven anything in the college level, I mean, the pro level as of yet. But those are two burners who can catch a slant and run it for 90 yards. It's going to be interesting to see if Hertz is able to distribute the ball the way he needs to to get the best out of these guys. But I really do like the pick of Smith there at nine. I wouldn't have picked anyone else over him. Maybe Trey Lance, (laughs) but it's just because of the quarterback aspect. Your quarterbacks currently are Wilson and Taysom. Taysom Hill. Yeah, I probably would have gone Lance now that I'm talking about that out loud. Or even Mac Jones, but... uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, you did, you did kind of back it up and, you know, hedge the bet a little bit with Trask. So it looks like you have, oh man, this is painful. I'm not even going to lie. You have Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't know if you have a second starting quarterback on your team or have a second starting quarterback in the team for the next three years, but I digress. I don't want to go too deep into that rabbit hole. Um, I do like Trask though. I do think Trask is a great pickup for, a backup to Brady. Brady is seemingly never getting old, but at the same token, Brady is getting old as shit. So one of these days he's going to fall off. And when a guy, a quarterback falls off, they just, they don't decline. They fall off. The arm strength is completely gone and they just don't have it <laughs> left. Look at Phillip Rivers last year. I mean, hell, Phillip Rivers did get drafted in the third round this year. So I can't really take too much away from him, but I do like the pick of Trask. I think Trask going to Tampa Bay was a steal for that team. It is a great future, um, a future move for them that is going to pan out. It doesn't benefit your team now or next year, I don't think. So I do think you probably need to make a trade somewhere along the line to at least bolster and pick up one more quarterback in case anything happens to Russell Wilson. Because if Wilson goes down, you're up Shit's Creek, no paddle, and actually getting shit thrown at you the whole time. Um, after that, you went wide receiver heavy. Eskridge, Palmer, Darden, Smith. I mean, Steve Smith in Carolina, that's a phenomenal thing, but that's not the right Steve Smith. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's cute and all, but uh, that's Shy Smith. Not even, not even. <laughs> I saw S. Smith in Carolina. I was like, holy shit, we're, you know, Rivers just got drafted. Let's keep going down this road. Um, overall, you, you went wide receiver heavy for a reason. Your wide receivers on your team do have a little bit of question marks, but at the same token, I do think a lot of the guys you drafted do have question marks. Of them, I think Darden in Tampa Bay is actually probably my favorite. Eskridge probably has opportunity if something was to happen to Lockett and or uh, Metcalf early, 
But outside of that, I, I actually kind of like the pickup of Rudolph in the ninth round. Rudolph going to the Giants, I mean, Rudolph was never a fantasy stud in Minnesota. He was kind of a end zone target. I think he could be the same thing for Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones can get to the end zone. Overall, you did pretty well with your draft with those first two picks, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not really excited about your draft as a whole. I think, you know, you probably could have, you could have deviated on certain picks. You went real wide receiver heavy there in the middle of the draft when wide receivers really weren't there. Um, I understand, though, I was taking all the quarterbacks early as well as Adams, so it was kind of hard for you not to take Trask where you did. Had you not, I was taking Trask next, so not a bad not a bad scenario for you in the draft, but unless you get another quarterback, I, I'm really worried about your long-term potential. Picking out of the 10th slot, we have Adam. Adam went Trey Lance first round. Uh, Trey Lance is a talent. <laughs> I don't even know yet. No one really does. We've only seen him play, I think, 16 games at the college level, if that. Um, he's got the physique. He did have some some signs of some showings of brilliance, I would say, at the pro day, but you, you even watched his highlights during the draft, and I'll be honest with you. He's not a good quarterback, in my opinion. The guy... The guy throws an ugly ball. It's a lot of wounded ducks out there. It's very wobbly. Athletically, he may be gifted. I mean, Kittle, Kittle just came out today and said every every pass this kid throws in OTAs, he looks like a pro. Uh, I get that. That's your quarterback. That's what you have to say. Obviously, they're not Jimmy Garoppolo is not their long-term solution. I think this might have been Shanahan wishing he had Kaepernick at the time. I do think Lance is about two years out. I don't think they can throw that kid to the Wolves. He will get eaten alive by the secondaries out there in the uh, NFC West if he goes out there and starts games too early. Like I said, he's got to learn to throw a tighter spiral. He's got to learn to thread the needle. He's got a good cannon, but it takes more than just being a good scrambler and having a cannon. You also have to be efficient. That's the only knock on him as of right now. Well, that and the fact of we really haven't seen him do it against pro-level players ever. He didn't play much in high school. He played very minimal in college. And at that, he played against subpar talent in college. He may have played against one or two pro-level players in college. Take that. Now, can't take anything away from him. I might have picked him if he was there at 11. Actually, I would have picked him if he was there at 11. So <laughs> for your draft's purposes, the best pick you had out there. I mean, on your team, as of right now, you have Stafford who you traded for. You also have Big Ben and Locke, who may end up being a uh, a Packer when all said and done. So you do have some time to allow this kid. You've at least got one more year of Big Ben. So you have a little bit of time to let this kid sit on the taxi squad and mature. After that, um, kind of jet happy with uh, Johnson and Herndon. I love Herndon as a talent. He's kind of not in Joku. Uh, category for me. I just don't think he's ever going to put it together. I don't know what he did to piss the team off there. That and he's been injured pretty recently. The Eagles pick in the sixth round, I do love, to be honest with you. They did a lot to improve their defense. I think the Eagles are going to be a sneaky good defense this year. That conference is ripe for a lot of turnovers. I do think the Eagles could be a top 15 um, defense this year. So that's actually a really good pick in the sixth round. It's odd to say that, but you really, that might have been the steal of the draft for you, to be honest with you. Um, I touched on this a little bit earlier. I love Puka Williams. I think Puka Williams is going to be the second most viable uh, running back in that highly improved offense there in Cincinnati. And, guys, Cincinnati's offense, say what you will about them last year, 
They had a lot of offensive line injuries, a lot of question marks in that line. Yeah, Burrow got hurt. This is a very good offense. This offense loses A.J. Green, slides in Chase right up behind him. I do think they're going to be sneakily one of the better offenses in the AFC. I think Puka Williams can be that Bernard with a little bit more speed, explosiveness. I actually kind of like the kid. Outside of that, Brissett actually going to Miami is a really good um, handcuff for the team behind Tua. Any kind of hip injury, I know Tua went out there and played last year and actually looked like he wasn't ailing too bad. But, you know, you're, you're a one hit away from being out another year. You don't play around with hips. So I'm still not sold on Tua being a good long-term pro because of injuries. I do think Brissett as a backup to him was a great pick. Overall, I'm not really too excited about your draft. I really don't hate it. Um, but when a defense in the sixth round is probably the highlight of the draft for me. I mean, again, Trey Lance fell to you at 10. I can't fault you there. It's a super flex. You have time to let him sit. So, But the fact that you didn't have a second or third round pick really did kind of hurt your ability to have a great draft. But I think you did, I think you did well with what you had. Um, so pr- pretty good. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a hard showing for you if anything was to happen to Stafford, though. So good luck. Um, picking out of the eleventh spot is yours truly. And if you look at the draft board, I obviously like to trade. One thing I also like to do if you look at the draft board again, guys, this is a super flex dynasty league. I drafted a shit ton of quarterbacks. I drafted what four? So I drafted seven quarterbacks in this draft. Seven quarterbacks out of 13 picks. Seven quarterbacks, five running backs, and 13 picks. (laughs) Now, um, say what you will, some people were kind of shocked that I pulled the trigger so quickly on Mac Jones at 11. I think Tripp even asked me, hey, man, you weren't even thinking about trading back? (laughs) Um, No, I really wasn't. I think Mac Jones can be the starter in New England as early as the trade deadline for this year. Um, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be healthy ever again. I think Cam Newton's a freak of nature Physically, but I think his body is shut down, and I don't think he really has the passion for football anymore. That's just who I am. You know, you can you can look like an Adonis on paper, but you're, you you got to be able to play, and I don't think Cam Newton's play-ready anymore. Um, I do think Mac Jones, even with his pear-shaped body, is exactly what Belichick looks for in his system. Now, we will find out if it is Brady or Belichick that made that happen once Mac Jones gets up there to play. Um, Belichick does have a type, though, and his type is not athletically fit. So maybe he's just got something against Cam. Uh, Mac Jones at 11. I was hoping Lance would have fallen to me. I just talked a little bit of trash about Lance, but when all said and done, you know, if he does hit, he's a, he's a stud. Mac Jones at 11, really, I wasn't excited about it. It was either him or the guy who went next. But I knew I wanted some quarterbacks early and often. Like I said, it's a super flex league. I do have two of the best quarterbacks in the super flex with Mahomes and Dak. And I have one of the sneakiest, best flyers this year, in my personal opinion, in Winston. Um, so once I traded away Stafford, I knew I had some holes where I could actually add in some quarterbacks in this draft. I can use two of them in my, uh, <laughs> use two of them in my taxi squad. So I'll keep three of these quarterbacks out of my seven, but I do like the Davis Mills pick of mine at, uh, 2.10. I don't think Watson plays this year. I do think Watson will be a certified sex offender, probably spending five years on probation. If all goes well with his money that he'll pay out the judges. Um, it's hard to find the NFL not punishing him for his behavior, which is detrimental to the league. 
That being said, Mills is going to sit on my bench for my taxi no matter what. Um, I actually say Brown was probably – I was more excited about him than any quarterback I got in this draft. St. Brown, I do think, is going to be a target hawk there in Detroit. Um, Golf is not a good quarterback. He is by no means Stafford. But there's a lot of vacated targets in Detroit with the moving of Marvin Jones to Jacksonville and Galladay to New York. St. Brown stands to be the beneficiary for all those targets, at least most of them, him and Quentin Cephas. He comes from USC, 6'1", 200 pounds. He actually, I think, is going to be – Viable, I could see him being a top 30 wide receiver as early as week four. Really excited about that. My next, um, my next few picks, you know, a lot of question marks. You know, I have two Pattersons. I have Washington Patterson, which to be honest with you, I loved this kid in college. I was surprised he fell as far as he did during the draft. I'm surprised he fell to Washington, who's going to utilize him just like Gibson. I'm excited about that. I'm keeping this kid on my roster. Um, Cordero Patterson <laughs> to Atlanta. I don't think he's a running back there. I think he's going to be more of a multi-tool player for Atlanta. Atlanta needs everything as of right now. This guy's going to turn kicks. He's going to play some wide receiver. He's going to play in the backfield. He's not going to be fantasy viable, in my opinion. Just fun to have on the team. I actually am excited about having Jamin Newman, Taylor, he- uh, Heineke, and Haskins. I do believe out of those four guys, I do have one quarterback that will play on my team and probably start at some point. And I do think I have two starters by year's end out of those four. Which two? I don't know. Could be Heineke in Washington. Could be Taylor in Houston. Could be Newman in Philly. It could be Haskin in Pittsburgh. Ben, big Ben falls part. But I do think I have two starters by week 15, week 16 of the NFL season out of those four on my team. Tebow in the 11th, 7-11. That was more of a humor pick to me. I do think Tebow's going to play. As of talks today, they're talking about the kid actually – kid, he's 34 years old. Um, they're actually talking about Tebow being that Taysom Hill-esque player for Urban Meyer, and that's exactly why that Urban Meyer drafted him. That's actually talked to that, so we'll, be, we'll see. Um, my final three picks were all running backs, um, high upside guys, some injury questions. You know, um, Johnson and Houston is buried behind four running backs now. Love is cut off of Washington. He could end up on a team like Atlanta and actually have some fantasy viability. Um, and you also have Jackson, who currently is the backup to Eckler there in L.A. So I did really just kind of handcuff my team. But overall, I'm really excited about my draft, but I am very biased because, hey, I drafted them. But, you know, seven wide or seven quarterbacks and five running backs in a draft where you draft 13, that's a little crazy in my opinion. But uh, I'm really excited for another title opportunity this year, and hopefully I can actually pull it out. Drafting at the back of the draft <laughs> is our champ, Fong. Touched on it earlier with Tripp. Uh, you traded away Aaron Rodgers for basically Waddle. Um, I get it for your team. You like Waddle. Waddle's a stud. Um, that combo of Waddle Adams and Metcalf with Ruggs could be nasty for fantasy. Then again, so was the combo of Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I'm Again, I, I see what you did, but I, I really do think it hurt your team drastically. Outside of that, let's kind of touch on the draft. I'm getting Waddle. Waddle's probably one of my favorite wide receivers outside of Jamar Chase, just for explosiveness. I do think he is going to be the number one target in Miami, let alone probably one of the more talented wide receivers down there overall. Um, he is by no means Devontae Parker, Williams. These guys are tall. He does have fuller speed, fuller's injury prone, also missing the first game. I like the kid's opportunity down there. 
I love your running back there at 12 um, in the first round. Everyone was kind of wondering what was going on when they drafted Williams. You know, they had Melvin Gordon there. Yada, yada. Guys, this, this, this regime didn't draft or pull in Melvin Gordon. They wanted Williams for a reason. Williams was probably the second or third best running back in this draft. They're going to utilize Williams. I think Williams is a starter as early as week six for this team. I think they trade Gordon. And if they try to get anything for Rodgers, I think they try to trade Gordon and get a piece to give to the other team for Rodgers, <laughs> to give to the Packers. I don't think Gordon's on this team long. So I really do like the pick of Williams there in the first round for you. Kellen Mond, I was also kind of excited about myself. Kellen Mond, I do think, is going to be the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins got one more year guaranteed on that contract. After that, it's over. They're not the biggest fans of Cousins out there. He did not exactly do what they wanted to. He was just, he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's kind of the Matt Ryan of the NFC North. But when all said and done, I do like Kellen Mond. We got to see a lot of good stuff out of him in college. They kill excel up there. They give him one more wide receiver to throw to. Um, Scott, Kelly, McFarland, your running backs you drafted. These are all running back threes on their team, maybe running back fours. Um, it takes a lot to go right for them to actually see an opportunity. So I'm not really excited about any of those picks. Couldn't have really gone wrong with them. It's a hard thing about drafting in the 12th pick of every round. But, hey, you got a title. you got some cash money in the pocket. you got a lot of bragging rights, so you have that, you have that luxury. I really do like your pickup of Flacco um, in the sixth round. Flacco, I do think, will be the starter very soon in in Philadelphia. I think a lot of people are high on the legs of Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly. They're all excited about what he can do for fantasy. He had one or two explosive games last year. Guys, Jalen Hurts is not a quarterback. I, I, I know he did okay in Oklahoma. The Big 12 doesn't play defense. He got sat for Tua for a reason. Jalen Hurts is not a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a scrambling running back at best that plays in the quarterback position. I mean, everyone gets pissed off when you say that about Lamar. And this, Lamar's more of a quarterback than Jalen Hurts. So I, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. But I like Flacco's ability. I do think Flacco has the chance to be a quarterback starting for Philadelphia at least four or five games this year. Then again, Hurts could come out and be the top five quarterback this year in fantasy. I don't know. Me personally, I do like this pickup of Flacco in the sixth. Um, Darby in the seventh round, if they do trade Julio, could be a little sneaky. I mean, as of right now, Gage would be the beneficiary for Julio's targets on paper. But Darby's six foot one, 200 pounds at Arizona State. He actually looked pretty decent in college. He might be the sneaky guy. And to be honest with you, there's always been a viable wide receiver three in Atlanta every year. So not a bad pickup. Um, the Mr. Irrelevant, Mo Alley Cox, <laughs> not a bad pickup, to be honest with you. Really not great, but not bad. I mean, you have Waller and you have John in him, so you really don't need him. But Mo Alley's kind of a good guy. I like him athletically if they could ever find a way to use him. And luckily he has, um, he has Carson Wentz coming in who likes to use tight ends. So we'll, we'll actually see if Mo Alley Cox ends up being anything of value. Overall, I think you really hurt your draft by trading away Rodgers. But talent-wise, what you got – in the draft, Waddle in return, uh, Williams, Mond, I love those guys. Good draft overall. Great draft as a whole, guys. Now you got to experience your first draft in this league. 
you know, we do that four-hour slow draft for a reason. Gives you a little bit of time to make some deals. As you can see, I'm wheeling and dealing all the time. I know who my boy Trip is. That's the whole point of this. If you guys ever want to go to a face-to-face um, actual draft, I'll throw a draft party at my house anytime. You're always welcome. But this is going to be the this is to be the way the draft's moving forward until things change. After this year, we'll have one more like this, and then once you start seeing contracts starting to wane off, guys. This draft is going to be full of talent. You know, the 12th pick in the 10th round will be a fantasy starter. So that's the whole point of those contracts. You know, everybody loses 12 three-year contracts the third year. So if you figure that's 144 starters that are going to be in this draft. So um, great job as a whole, guys. Now I just kind of want to touch briefly on the way-too-fucking-early power rankings. Again, guys, it's way too early to be talking about this. But I'm actually just talking about what I see and what I like from the draft as of right now. I'm going to go in reverse order. So, guys, please don't fault me for it. Just my opinion, where your roster sits as of today. Coming in at 12, I have Clay. 11, I have Adam. In 10th, I have Jedi Batman. 9th, I have Snyder. 8th, I have um, Jack. 7th, I have Derek. Sixth, I have Adam. Fifth, I have Woo Stars, Eric. Coming in at fourth, I have Trip. Third, Aaron. Second, yours truly, the Kamish. And first, as now, because I'm not taking you out of first until you prove me otherwise, Fong. Which, if I was actually doing it off pure talent, Fong, you probably would be number five. But overall, you still have a title, so you've earned this number one slot in this. Thank you guys for your time. I know I went a little long, well over an hour and 10 on this one, guys. Please let me know if you want me to continue doing podcasts. If anybody wants to jump in on one, please, you're more than welcome. Just tell me what kind of content you want to talk about, whether it's rosters, why you got into fantasy. You know, if you want to do like a real Q&A where I start asking, you know, who's your plant your flag guys, who your bust this season, what do you think, name, you know, give me some bold predictions, that kind of stuff. I'm all about it, guys. Just let me know if anybody wants to jump in on a podcast. You're more than welcome. Just give me a heads up. Other than that, guys, please let's ramp up the participation and engagement. Anything I can do to make this league 100% active, I'm all about. I really want to get some trophies out there. I posted the trophies online. If anybody saw them or if you want to see them, let me know what they're going to look like. If that's something you're interested in, guys, it's all on the participation activity. That's all I got for now. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to connect with me.